covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are, wherever you're from. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Walls podcast back on our somewhat regular schedule last week i gotta give a first off applause to my co-host my friend my pal uh here jim renier for holding down the ship here uh while i was gone uh, away overseas vacation so first off uh jim welcome into the show and uh here's my clapping here thank you for uh helping and very much doing a great job with the solo work uh your you I have uh, my voice back yeah that's one thing I care about. Last week, dude, you don't understand how painful it was doing that podcast. My voice was gone. I had literally had to make like 20 takes. And I even mentioned on the show last week that I don't know how you do it with the takes. I don't know how you, you <laughs> did your show, The Great Iron Gallery, by yourself. It's very hard to do a podcast or a show, period, when you're by yourself. And so I got great feedback from our community. I uh, said I did a good job in holding the fort down. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, you don't see me. Yes, I. You know, Verizon, go email Verizon, blame them that they're the issue. Um, I can't do anything. I have no internet at the house. I have no data on my cell phone. I'm literally talking through this Zoom on my cell phone right now. Um, it's weird. Got an email. Um, they said they may get it done, fixed up in tomorrow morning. And hopefully we get it ready for a big interview of a return of a king that we usually, uh, that we already had on the show before. So, I'm excited, but thank you for, uh, but thank you also, Zach. Welcome back to the United States, my friend. Yeah, How yeah. Was your trip to Ireland, right? Yeah, I mean, I get it like, it's almost like a two-parter story because the trip to Ireland, again, I was out there for nine days. I did get to watch the, the game. I get to I did get to watch the week 12 games going out of the country. Um, I watched a majority of the, uh, I say I watched, I watched the majority of uh, at least the sharks contest at the st- at that time um but yeah i mean i i did get to watch those games a little bit going out of the country but no uh i don't folks if you ever get a chance to travel international first off i hope you do if you are out there uh, i say re- i say recommend it at least take one trip across the seas or, or out to a different place but um if you get to go to ireland or have the opportunity just do it um it is a very lovely country people are extremely friendly helpful out there i'm serious and it's not even like that's not even cliche like i can at least list off upwards of five instances my hand of moments of just people with generous with generosity or friendly gestures or friend, kind words um directions aplenty you know it's a wonderful country lovely scenery lovely landscape and we actually got there in a heat wave funny enough they're actually the British Isles and Ireland are currently under like a massive heat wave, like record temperatures out there. So like I got sunburned <laughs> in Ireland, you know, like a place that rains a ton during the year. And I got sunburned on my forearms and my face for at least one to two days. Um, so, lo- so yeah, that just, just, you know, complete out of chance Irish heat wave, they were calling it. Um, but great, excellent trip. And we drove by the way, driving on the opposite side of the road takes a few minutes to adjust, but got used to it. Narrowed roads, by the way. Um, let's just say plants sticking up like walls are probably stone walls. So just keep that in mind. Car didn't, <laughs> car didn't wreck, but 
those are stone walls out there. <laughs> so technically, so technically, you were keeping it inside the walls. I was. Yes, I was. Exactly. Actually, you know what? You know what? That's a great connection to this because there were a few moments. Those things did look like dasher boards out there. <laughs> I'm serious. It was like I was driving a car in a two lane road between like, I would say like weeded covered dasher boards. Cause even the dasher boards, think about it. You got padded walls on the outside. It's like a facade inside. Is that like hard plasticky metal shell, but you got the, you got the soft look out there, you know? It does help a little bit with the padding, of course. It, but I'm just saying, like, that is a funny connection. I didn't even think about that till now. So, uh, yeah, it's like that. If you ever go to Ireland and you rent a car, it's kind of like that. It's there's some narrow ways. There's also highways, but a lot of it is narrower paths. No joke. We actually went on down a hill called Corkscrew Hill. Think of the San Francisco street that does the zigzags back and forth down the way in downtown San Francisco. I forget the name right now, but it's yeah, exactly. It's almost every movie that's that's filmed in San Francisco. Yes. You see that hill. Yeah, it's exactly that. Yeah, I but add talking. trees, weeds, and mountainside. <laughs> so and walls and walls. <laughs> so, but I, yeah. I, I like I like when we I like when me and you had a conversation the other day, and your I think it was your Uber driver. He says like, well, sometimes you just got to merge and hope for the best. that's when i got back i met uh i met my my uber driver um first off no joke um if you've ever heard of rocket ishmael he is supposedly supposedly i didn't get like complete identification or anything but he is claimed that he is related to rocket ishmael uh the famous kick returner receiver running back hybrid that was in that went to the Toronto Argonauts, um, had an excellent college career back in the nineties or in the eighties. Um, so there's that little factoid, but yeah, he was talking about driving in India, which is its own set of challenges. You can just go look up videos. That's how I know that. Um, yeah. that's nuts. Uh, what I, what, so, what I will say, so, so I was going to say, Oh, okay. Continue. I was going to go to another segue that, it was about the rocket Ishmael and you go in Ireland, but you got fish it, fish it. No, no, I, I, I mean, gonna, I, no, you I'm, go ahead because here's what's, here's what's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to rant about the Toronto airport and then we're going to get out of this story <laughs> because I don't want to rant too long about the Toronto airport. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> oh, right. about airports. That's a theme in the NAL, my friend. <laughs> just well, okay. Saying, but like even the NAL would be like, what is going on right now? Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, well, so you, you, you went to Ireland for vacation. So you weren't, you know, the rumor mill was spawned from like last week about expansion. So, you, so the rumor is true that you weren't going to Ireland to look at, you know, possibly having an international arena team. You're just there <laughs> drinking gifts like galore and staying inside the walls. Cause you might crash into your vehicle in the walls. So the fact is that, you weren't the one that doing the rumors about expansion, but we do have rumors on this side of the pond that actually became official this past week. Yeah. Um, but we can talk that after talking about how crappy Toronto airport is. And I can start complaining about how bad Atlanta international airport is. So we can both agree on something. Oh, sure. Sure. And no, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Look, Ireland, I don't know where you put an arena. I mean, there's not really any place that I can think of immediately to put an arena team. Um, even Dublin, like if you, I'll, I'll say, if you ever go to Dublin, by the way, 
it's like the most non-looking city that is a metropolitan like major city like little to no skyscrapers a lot of older buildings all of them like all different styles like within like several like a few blocks um like it's fascinating yeah it's fascinating really um yeah very much a quaint i would put Um, i've never been ireland but when i think of ireland i think of the Maine, like Maine's coast and all the villages and towns are on the Maine's coast that's why image what ireland looks like I've never been to Ireland. I just think that's what it looks like. I might get people on the podcast going, I thought this is an NEL show. Now we're talking, describing it. The state of Maine is like Ireland. Right. But anyways, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I, man. I, 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 like you enjoyed your trip. I, I want to go international before. Well, it'd be nice to go international. The internet. The last time I went international uh, was last year when I visited Miami. Um, that's the last time I went international. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, seriously, a little, little difficult. I went, uh, me and a couple of friends went down to Miami uh, for a weekend or I think a couple of days. And okay. we literally got out to get gas and go go talk to somebody. And the person did not know a lick of English. It was straight Spanish. We're like, does anyone know Spanish here, uh, English uh. here? And everyone's like, no. We're like, oh my God, we're in the United States. I don't know Spanish. My buddies don't know Spanish. And no one could communicate with us. It's like, <laughs> we, we were literally like, like uh, did we just go through some portal or something? We had no idea. And then we really realized we were in Little Havana where Spanish is the primary language in that area of the town. Had, we had no idea. And <laughs> so I'm not bashing the people in Miami. It's just that the last time I went international was Miami. I didn't expect to go run into a, a Cuba, but it was mm-hmm. great food. Found a good, get, found a good restaurant there and boy, they can cook. I was just so shell shocked about Spanish is their main language in that town. Or that area of the town. Did not realize it, but yeah, I wish I'll go. Uh, I have fa- I have uh, family members that want to go to Italy, want to go to France and England. Kind of expensive, but that family member wants to go. Um, so that'd be my future. Not now, but mm-hmm. be a future. So I just know I'm not going to fly Air Canada or fly into Canada or Toronto. I'm going to yeah. just go bomb yeah. Logan and jump over and come back to Boston Logan. Yeah, which uh, this is the end of the com- of this little the second part slash the end of this little story um so yeah why is this show delayed this week then zach you got home right like shouldn't we have gotten this on wednesday well look i i flew in from dublin to go to toronto to then connect indianapolis um just just google search air canada and it's all you need to know um it's a mess like that airport there were hundred like First off, our flight got delayed three hours in Dublin, and it's an Air Canada flight. We go to Toronto, get there. They have, you know, you get security check going into your first flight. They have you redo security check. They have you do customs in the airport when you're not, I, I'm not leaving the airport, and we still had to do customs in Canada, by the way. Um, and then they have this system. It's kind of like, it's like a lottery system of like getting your bag selected to go to a connecting flight. And then you have to get all your stuff scanned again. And then finally we get to our plane after sprinting out of the hall. I, this is the fastest I've sprinted my, in my current life since I've been in football. Um, like I, I, I felt like I was trying to do like uh, one of those 50 yard dashes for uh, end of end of practice sprints so that I can go home. And then we get on a plane, sit on there an hour, 
plane's apparently not working. Get off the plane. Flight's canceled. My bag gets lost somewhere in Toronto. I've actually checked. I have a little tracker in my phone that my phone shows. Um, last I checked it, it's still in Toronto. Um, and then finally we go home after buying another flight. So yeah, um, just, I lost, like I lost a day at work. I had a call off. Like I just needed a day to organize some stuff. So yeah, wasn't a great experience there. So yeah, if you're flying through Toronto, if you're flying Air Canada, just, just don't like, if you have a chance to change it, go away from Toronto right now. It's, it's not, or at least Air Canada going to Toronto. It's not a, it's not pretty. That's that. That's my final remarks on the trip. It sucks that end like that. Go to Ireland. Just, just, just be careful if you're going to Toronto. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. Like, check your flights. Know your company you're flying with at that point. You know. But anyway, but welcome anyway, back. Yeah, I, I am here. I'm. I'm in presence. <laughs> I'm, I'm in presence. Um. Here's okay. Here's an anecdote that connects with. Here's an anecdote that connects with a little bit with uh, Ireland as well as the show. So that Darius Prince interview was kind of funny getting that in order because five hour difference. I get a text from Darius and you and go, are going, is this show going on still? And I'm going, Oh no. (laughs) And luckily we got that in order, but a little, little backstory to how that happened. And I'm, I'm sitting here. It's 11 o'clock at night and I think like dingle. I'm just going, oh boy. Well, well, the thing is, is that you're getting messages from Prince. I was getting messages from Levesque. Yeah, yeah. And and me and Prince were trying to connect and it just wouldn't connect and all of a sudden uh, and all of a sudden it did go through so we got the interview in. It it was it was wild, but hey, we got it in. Uh it was a, like a quick interview. It was good. I told I even told Prince like we'll like to have you back on the show when Zach is in the states after the recording. He goes, I- "I'll be down for that." Um, but yeah, it was, it was a unique situation with Prince. It's, uh, uh, you could tell with him as an individual, he is, he, he sounds like what a lot of NAL players or a lot of football players, period, not just what league you're in is on all leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not selfish. He's team first and, and like really like focus on team and their goals as a team right now for Albany to get the number one seed. And you make a playoff run, and they're focused in Albany. It was a good interview. Uh, we share a little laughs, and uh, of course, uh, we had a lot of conversation behind the scenes about uh, a couple of players that called him out uh, during our previous shows, like Outlaw, and all called well, one of our favorites episodes, like Outlaw call out Prince, like you don't want that middle. Prince basically took a shot at him. Uh, so it was a good interview. Uh, that was last week's, so basically all three shows into one. Um, of course, I was recovering from a uh, upper respiratory issue, and I couldn't speak last week. And now I I speak for, for – I'm perfectly fine right now, ladies and gentlemen. My service <laughs> company, not so much. But everything else, I'm perfectly fine. And let's just say uh, I want to get to a subject matter that, it, that it's the epitome of arena football and indoor football expansion. Yes. Um, I do have um, some I do have some breaking news right now. Breaking news from the NAL right now that's nothing related to the National Arena League. Right? Breaking news. We're breaking yeah. it down on the inside the walls. Are you ready? The ACC, which is college football, SEC, you know the, that you know the expansion stuff that's happening in there, right? All the yes. massive expansion is that's happening there. So much controversy. 
to the fans out there, how does it feel if you have a college football team that's trying to get in one of these major conferences and you're biting your nails? And us arena league guys are like, hey, uh, first time, eh? First time. <laughs> Is <this> your first <laughs> time? Um, let's just say that the NAL has a new addition to the league, and that's a, from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Someone not related to us, not related to the league, said Fayetteville, Arkansas. That is not correct, mm-hmm. by the way. It's already been reported. It's already been thrown away. That's not Fayetteville, Arkansas. It's Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, the reason why I say it's kind of like breaking news is because the NAL is always in, or the indoor game is always in that expansion mindset. We're always in it. And every time you have people says, I have sources about something. And they don't back up the sources or they're reporting on false stories. And then that narrative sends out sometimes speeds up the process. I do have to say that Fayetteville caught me off surprise. The announcement, by the way, that's the breaking news I'm giving to you. It caught me off surprised. I knew about Fayetteville. I knew about that expansion franchise. But I was just caught surprised of the announcement of it. Yeah. Don't know what happened. That's the executive board. That's Chris Siegfried. They made the call. I just knew that they were expansion process. And that's what me and you've said all along. In the arena game, there's always expansion rumors. I reported literally one week ago. I said, rumors are rumors. And I won't report on rumors. I get done with the recording of last week's episode, dude. Mm-hmm. Literally, last week's episode, I get the whole video edited and uploaded on YouTube. Got you know, I was getting some ice cream, relaxing for the rest of the night, getting ready for the work day the next day. I go on Twitter, breaking news: NAL Fayetteville announced. And I go, you could have just waited. You know, you could have made this announcement an hour earlier, and that would have been perfectly fine. Yep. <laughs> it was so complex. Like, I recorded a whole episode with Darius Prince, previews and uh, look backs of the previous week, and get it all uploaded, got the thumbnail ready, got all the tweets and everything set up, and bam. I was like, what? Oh, this blindsided me. And, and I got messages. You saw on Twitter, you saw on Discord, you saw on everything, people messaging us saying, is there any more expansion teams coming? Was this out of blue? No. You got to understand the arena game is just like what's happening in college football right now. There's speculation, there are rumors, there are so-called confirmed sources giving out bad information to see who sends the messages out. In the arena game, we should be used to this expansion all the time because every single year, there's always an expansion or a retraction, depending on what league you're in and depending on you know, financial situations. We said before in this show, 2020 hurt the NAL a lot where they couldn't, you know, execute on their plans this season or 21 and 2022 because of COVID. Everything's getting situated. And what we've seen now in San Antonio, what we've seen now in Orlando, what Jacksonville consistently does each and every week and what or what Carolina did last week with their attendance. Yeah, Carolina, the arena I, you game... Know- yeah, I mean, okay. I, I don't mean to interrupt you there, but like, I, I saw some people, Chris, like, I saw some people in the chat make fun of Carolina's attendance. I'm sorry, but that was a good attendance. That's the biggest crowd they had all year. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that that was good. That was a good crowd. 
for that one. Huh. You know, that's the biggest attendance crowd. And what's what's funny is people like it's. I think it's just the, the game, the name of the game between the arena leagues is that we always look at it as oh, you can't do this attendance, you can't do this attendance. You, let's talk about the accomplishment of San Antonio. First home game, they had about maybe what two hundred, three hundred people. They had over five thousand people there against Jacksonville last week. Yeah, yeah, that's an incredible jump. Orlando hit over eight thousand their last home game. Or uh, uh, Carolina, I I thought I saw a number between forty one hundred. So numbers are increasing. That is good. That means people are getting it, and it also means there's organizations that are going out in the community. Of course, Jacksonville. Averages seven to eight thousand, no matter what, because it's Jacksonville because of the history. And I know a lot of people out there don't like when I say that, but what we present and what we show to the league and what we show to all indoor football is what it needs to be everywhere. And other teams in the league are seeing the benefits of that, and mm-hmm. I love seeing that. Even in Albany, Albany has had a good crowd last week as well. So the arena game is thriving, and I believe the the expansion in Fayetteville. That North Carolina environment getting a natural already a natural rival between the Greensboro uh, or uh, Carolina Cobras who are in Greensboro. Nice little trip. Uh, there'll be you know establishing their fan base too, and it's just seeing that I when we look at the question marks last year or this season with San Antonio how they started. Can fans come back? You know, in Carolina, will Orlando start keep improving their attendance as well? We've seen that this season, a lot of positives, and that's why you see this expansion team early for the NAL. And I would just want to say to the fans out there, remember, trust reliable sources. Do not, do not fly by wire on someone saying that they know stuff and, and they won't tell you what, who, what stuff they have, um, and they blame attack you if you don't agree with them. And remember, for us, we're excited – Fayetteville. We all have the Fayetteville ownership on the podcast as soon as possible once we get everything organized. Uh, we can't wait to get it in. I want to be the podcast interviews and when we get the name announced so we get the first dibs on it. So I, I want to try and do that. I don't have any insights on that. I just want to say that would be pretty cool. Um, but anyways, expansion season is here. Apparently in every football league. Just not <laughs> just not in the NAL. Uh, especially in college football. Uh, I don't think NFL is expanding anytime soon, but there's some cities out there that want teams. But anyways, I just want to say, Fayetteville, to the fans, if you're here, or the fan base that's going to create, welcome to the NAL. To the cities that right now, keep doing what you're doing. Great week. Expansion season is here. So expect news about Fayetteville, the name, arena they're doing, the organization, that ownership group here. I'm excited for Fayetteville uh, yeah. because, A, it, it was out of nowhere, and, B, I believe they're coming into a league that's very healthy and thriving um, and showing that it is getting better each and every single week. Um, but for overall, without the rant, remember, trust reliable sources. And remember, some of the sources that think they know may be getting fed false information intentionally um, because that could be an issue too. But I won't touch on that. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, Fayetteville, welcome to the NAL. I'm excited. Um, but yes. Great week of action in the NAL, but that news got me surprised. And if they would have waited just 40 minutes earlier or started 40 minutes earlier, did it 40 minutes earlier, I mean, it was a lot better. But nope, <laughs> they had to wait for me to do a whole show by myself, edit it all, put it up on YouTube, get it all scheduled, then drop the news. I was such like, you know what? I was like, 
uh, like if I had a TikTok, it would have been epic how I ranted and just had a couple people told me, like, calm down, man, calm down. Oh, yeah. Only yeah, one yeah. Episode. Like, you don't understand. We're the official podcast and we got to wait a week to release it. It was just so, it was so ironic. And I'm also, I'm just excited that we get more teams out. And it's so far seven. And I have people say, are is there going to be teams expanding? Are we going to spam more? Or what's going on? I don't know. Um, my guess is good as you, yours. Um, because in the arena game, it's either expand or fail. And I don't think the NAL is in any stage right now of not, you know, falling on their morals. I think they're going to try and aggressively expand again when they have the chance and find the right ownership group. Because I believe so. I think the NAL right now is in a healthy position to look at the games this past week. Yep. I'm with you. And I also got to say that, you know, I didn't expect anything to be announced. I think what really caught me, you know, it's a new ownership group. Um and that, I mean, I, as you expect, you want to have expansion groups there that are going to come in. Um, I'm excited to have another team in North Carolina, at least one that, you know, Carolina, you can start that in-state rivalry with, you know, kind of like, you know, how people, we talk how you know, Jacksonville and Orlando, that's kind of their thing, you know, the in-state with Florida. So why not get something with Carolina and whenever Fayetteville gets their team name announced, get that as kind of a matchup that you start building up, you know, get road trips together, get things like that. You know, how the predators and the sharks, how they advertise the bus trips and things like that. That's a package right there. That's something that helps build a fan base. I'm really excited to see how these two, I think work together. Cause really, I think if you're Rob storm and company, I think you're working very closely with this new expansion franchise to make sure that it succeeds, that you can have them right down the road. Um, Dr. Robert Twad Twadell is one that I'm excited to talk to at some point, um, and kind of get his vision. And honestly, I want to know, you know, I, I want to know really soon enough what the process of the naming is going to be too, you know, cause, uh, I understand Fayetteville. I'm not folks. I'm not from North Carolina, from Fayetteville or that area, but I know, you know, as listed, it's, uh, it has a military community background nearby. Um, uh, maybe that is a, that is kind of a option. It does have a as listed in the PR, it has a population around, you know, 26, uh, 260,000. So there's a base there. It's the reasonable market size for an arena team, you know, and I know it's had franchises in smaller leagues in the past. Um, my thing is for those questioning that move, I do say that I think with the NAL being the more prominent size, it is that there is a chance that it, there is a better chance to me that we it's six round. It really comes down as we've seen with like San Antonio. If you're an ownership group that steps in, you are dedicated and that you are passionate about what you are putting on the field and what you want to run. The sky's the limit. You know, you get out there in the community, you show them that you're going to bring a good time and a family friendly environment and game that is action packed. Like arena is people will come and see that in my opinion. Um, and so you know, that challenges on, of course, uh, doc, Dr. Twadell and his group that he's putting together. And I cannot wait to uh, have him on with you and I, Jim, so that we can kind of pick his brain for what he wants to do. Cause it's, it's exciting, especially with a brand new franchise. And you know, we're not talking, bringing in an existing one, you know, this is a wholly new ball game, you know, starting this thing from the ground up, building it in. And I'm excited to see what goes on, you know, especially at this level that we're at. 
and good for them. And, you know, the NAL, it needs to, we've been talking about how it's, we're hoping it keeps growing. You know, we, we keep hearing on funny enough on Cobra's broadcasts, you know, they have new, they've been getting new partners lately in their ownership group that they've been having on these games. And they keep hinting at how the league's wanting to go big at some point, you know, to try and look at broadcasting ideas. You know, that's just based on that. I'm not saying that we know that, but if you watch those broadcasts, that's out there, you can listen in. And so part of that comes down to, you gotta have the league grow. How do you grow the league? More teams. Um, ideally, if you can get to double digit teams, that looks pretty, that's at least a solid foundation base. And so the sooner we can get to 10 stable, again, key stable franchises, the more the sky's the limit for trying to get the game where we want it to be. So another step in the right direction, got to get into that market smoothly. I imagine the league knowing how they have been and how the language they talk to us about expansion is that they are going to work diligently in terms of giving, in terms of resources and tips, tricks, you name it to help get this new Fayetteville franchise off the ground and to successfully launch, or at least get to where it launches to where you can get something. Maybe not everything can be the exact same carbon copy, but like you look at San Antonio and you go, that is how you want an end result for a launch year, or at least going into a league like this. Um, and so I hope that we see that at the end of next year. And I really do think the NAL, you know, it's getting, especially now that San Antonio, they've shown marketing wise, social media wise, what you can do with a dedicated presence in a local city or in your local market and on the ground. I think they're a valuable tool for any expansion team coming in that comes in there. So exciting times, you know, expansions in, like you said, Jim, expansions in arena, it's a normal thing. It's almost bound to happen every season off season. That is, um, but for the NAL, people have been wanting to get more teams on the bone. Here we go. We're up to seven for 2023. Good times ahead is all yeah. I can tell you. Good times ahead. Well, that's, that's the narrative of the arena game. So to the college football fans that happen to run on this podcast, welcome to the chaos, by the way. We're, mm-hmm. We do this every single year. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we do have teams that switch leagues. We've seen that before um, in the indoor game. So it. It's it's fun. It's intriguing. I just get aggravated where, honestly, we have unverified sources spewing false rumors about expansion teams, and then trying to black you know blackmail or trying to um, you know, skew actual information that goes out there. Um, that happened a lot last week about Fayetteville and so on, like. Where did Fayetteville, Arkansas come from when it was clearly Fayetteville, North Carolina? Well, and, and I think um, that, that I will be frank, though, and I, I know, look, it's it's a mix because I agree with you. There's, there are some folks that, you know, they do get some info. The info's bad. Um, and then it just kind of throws things into a tizzy. This one, you know, Fayetteville, Arkansas is a pretty recognizable one. So I'll at least give some slack, to be frank. Yeah. There's a little well, slack because Fayetteville, Arkansas because that was my first thought. I thought it was Fayetteville, Arkansas until I read the PR. So uh, that, you know, that's just me, but yeah, nonetheless, I, I mean, I'm with you, you know, it's, I, I always, I'm like you where it's like, let's, let's all just take a chill pill. Let's let them sort this out. You know, rumors are rumors, but you know, we know expansions are the normal thing. So they'll figure it out and they'll get it down. That's how it works. Yeah. You know, just but calm down a little bit. Folks, expansion, the end of the year, by the way, <laughs> you know. Yeah, 
Um, expansions, what we expected to be, it always happens this time of year and it will go all the way until probably you can say in January, um, because that's when a new league year, because the season starts in March, that's last April. So it's going to be pretty hard to, you know, jumpstart a team in January and you have three months. You'd rather have six to eight months to get your team, your, your team or your city or your arena ready for the season. Um, but what we can talk about is stuff that's actually happened. Um, there is a huge topic that we want to touch on that it affects the Jacksonville Sharks and a player that's been on our show twice. And I have a couple of conversations behind the scenes with mm-hmm. a couple of people associated with the Sharks and to the people on the chat boards uh, message boards and Twitter, uh, you do realize, uh, yes, what happened was the Devin Wilson uh, hit on the referee. Um, that is completely out of character of Devin Wilson. Devin Wilson is a very genuine guy. He's a great guy with the community here in Jacksonville. Um, you can just tell the frustration was that got it got a hold of him, got the better uh, better of him in this game, um, and. From people I've talked to, it seems like it was such a bang-bang that once it happened, he instantly regretted it. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. the the narrative that you see on the chat boards about Devin Wilson, 99.9% of that is fake, um, false, um, ludicrous. I'm not defending... I'm defending Dev Wilson as an individual, as a man, and as a player, and as a person I've watched over the last three seasons here in Jacksonville. This is completely out of the characteristics of a per, of of him. I and and based on the people I've talked to, it's the frustration got the better of him this time around. Um, but yes, it, the NAL made it official. Uh, he has been suspended for the rest of the season, including the playoffs, and. There's speculations that he could have a couple games next season. Um, I'm going to really caution that. I don't think it's going to last until next season. Season, I think there could be still penalties, but you're talking about next season. That's so long from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for overall, what Devin Wilson did, I'm not defending what he did. What he did was way out of character, something that doesn't need to be in the game. Um, but still. The league did get ahead of it, did, did get both sides in San Antonio and Jacksonville talked and they came down with the punishment. And it's just for as a fan who's watched Devin Wilson uh, do his thing, um, I was pretty shocked about it. And honestly, as a person who's covered this league, I, I, sit back and look at the play over and over again. I go, well, was it incidental? Then you see the replay. Then you want to see certain things. Was was there an intent to injure? And all of those were leaning to that one side. And I just know, based off Devin Wilson's reputation in the league and, and the people that he's been countered with throughout the league, I think this just this is a complete blind side of what happened uh, for complete blind side for the Sharks and for the league for what just happened for Devin. This is very out characteristic. And for Jacksonville, they're going to miss him. 
Uh, he is a lethal weapon, and but that also makes Naquan Murray have to step up, which he has, and uh, Rob Jones step up, which he has. So for Jacksonville Sharks fan, yes, you lose Devin Wilson, but you got to remember you played four games without Devin Wilson, and you won all four, uh, won three of those four games. So you got to learn how to move on. But overall, um, what I saw in that game in San Antonio really shocked me. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, I do agree that it doesn't belong in the game. Um, that that referee became defenseless, and that referee could have got hurt and got real injured. Um, it doesn't matter if Devin Wilson is a great guy. It, it's just a, a situation where we had a referee in Orlando a couple weeks ago uh, get crushed and bang his head against uh, and bang and bang and bang in his back of his head, and he was went to the hospital. So uh, referees are defenseless, um, and if they don't see the blow coming, it could really affect them. So it was this was a good thing for the league to jump ahead of this and get on top of it. And but unfortunately for me as a Shark fan, you got to serve the punishment. Devin Wilson's still a great guy. He's still a great guy with the community. I just think it just frustration got the better of him. He exploded at the wrong time and he hit it. And then he get, and it was like, you were instantly regretted, but he already did it. Um, and the camera was on you. So it's clear as day. So, um, overall the, the official came down, he's suspended for the rest of the season. So Jackson loses possibly, uh, arguably one of the best receivers in the NAL, um, for their last home game against the Carolina Cobras and the playoff, uh, playoffs or the NAL championship game. Um, here in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, big blow for Jacksonville, but still, for me as a fan, very out of character of him, and it's going to be intriguing to see what Jacksonville does to try and counter this for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, look, I'm glad you let off on that. And, you know, Devin Wilson, you have more you have more experience, you know, you being there, and, you know, you're, as we know, you're a season ticket holder. You, you've been around this team for a while. Um, I have been more and more getting stuff from you, and and that's the thing, you know, when we've talked with Devin, you know, Devin's, Devin's a team oriented competitive guy. Um, and so when I, I mean, when some, someone shared that clip to me, I, I didn't get to watch that live. Remember I'm five hours ahead. So all the games that happened this past weekend were at midnight in Ireland. So I watched the beginnings of at least two of them and I had to go to sleep and I woke up the next day and saw that. I just first off flabbergasted. Cause I just don't, you know, you hate, seeing stuff like that. And again, Devin Wilson's not that type of player that I have ever seen. Um, it, it just, it was just shocking. And I get, and you could tell even after, again, I rewatched the entire replay before I came on here for that game in particular. And just like you said, you could tell immediately after that instance happens, like he's talking to the official he hit, they're hashing things out on the sidelines after that play, um, you could tell he regretted it. It's just that you, you still have to be level-headed, you know? I mean, and unfortunately that's unfortunately for him, he was not. And that is, you know, no way I can shake it. You, that's an unacceptable action, you know, and the NAL did a good job. Like you said, the NAL got ahead of it. They got an, a report out and basically listed what's going on right out of the gate. It's what they need to do. It's what the league and I think it's fans expect if the league's going to keep making steps towards being the professional top place to go for arena football. So they did the right decisions here with this. It's unfortunate for Sharks fans. It's unfortunate for the league to have this and video around it. Um, and for Devin Wilson, it's unfortunate because, you know, he's going to have to, you know, I know that 
he's it's not guaranteed of course that he'll come back next year but you know my thing is if you are a competitive guy like he is do you want to end it like do you want to end your arena tenure like that i say no so i'm banking that we see him back next year i just want to see how that process goes but at least the end of the year he's done so and that's something that you you kind of the only solution is to kind of basically park him on the suspended indefinite list because of that i mean that's that, that's the thing you just can't see if you want to move forward so it's too bad it, it is a shame um and, and really it, it's it's unfortunate even more so because it came during a time in the game in this contest where really it was kind of the deciding factor moment it was a strip sack that kind of it was just a, a strip sack uh, from justin alexander with uh, phil barnett running it back that decided the game and completely away from the play too you know even even worse so um you know league figured it out that's all we can say about it um we'll, we'll keep track on it because obviously we do talk to Devin. um we'll see uh you know what his process is moving forward and we'll figure it out but right now you know sharks are down a top receiver as you said they've done it without him already clearly they have talent at that department um there's other things by the way they probably need to figure out besides that cat really that's not in that department anyhow um so they're good at receiver um their challenges don't lie in the receiver position though it's actually his defensive skills are what i'm more worried about them missing um to be honest with you so yeah that journey begins now uh last week of the season the sharks will have some adjustments so si Burley obviously will be making those um coming up this week on week 14 and with the uh playoff seating uh very much up in the air going here well playoff seating is very much up in the air but all four playoff teams are in by the way ladies and gentlemen right i mean their, their, um, their playoff status isn't affected i'm just saying that oh, no. with how competitive the league is right now i i do feel like you still want to have someone especially like i said wilson's impact on defense is more my thing you know I think that's what you're going to miss is someone that was having that spot locked down, doing it two ways. You know, that's my problem. That's my thing. If I'm, if I'm the sharks, I'm more, I'm more looking into, okay, we need to make sure that that gap is filled as best as possible now. And I think they, they're going to have to make an adjustment. Honestly, they may have put Williams uh, jr. In that macro with, um, what Devin was to keep that, you know, the, the height because jr. Is, Again, another lengthy and tall receiver like Devin. Um, mm-hmm. But Jack, they're gonna have to make a, they're gonna have to make an adjustment. But um, we'll figure that out. We'll we'll discuss that and more uh, on our next episode of the Inside the Walls podcast, the final walkthrough, the preview week fourteen. Holy crap, we're already here. Yeah, right. Um, um, but overall, um, the four playoff teams are set. Uh, the only thing that's not set are seedings. Currently, right now, Albany is first place, Carolina is second, Columbus is third, and Orlando in in Jacksonville is fourth. Um, Jacksonville still has a chance to be the number two seed, same as Columbus Lions, and basically those are the two teams that in Carolina they can get the two seed. Um, Albany has guaranteed themselves a home playoff game. They're already at worst. They can finish second. At best, they did finish first because of their tiebreakers over both Columbus and Jacksonville. If they do tie the Carolina Cobras, Carolina Cobras 
will have the tiebreaker over them as they will have the three-game sweep over the Albany Empire. So there's going to be unique uh, playoff seedings that could be finalized. So basically, if you're a Jacksonville Sharks fan, you want uh, well, how does Jacksonville get the two seed? Jacksonville must beat Carolina, and uh, Columbus must lose to Orlando for Jacksonville to be the two seed. For Columbus to be the two seed, they have to win. They have yep. to beat Orlando and Jacksonville beat Carolina, and they're the two seed. So, but if Carolina, they want to be the one seed, they win with Albany losing to San Antonio, they're the one seed. So a lot of things can change. So basically, Jacksonville can be either second, third, or fourth. Columbus can be second, third, or fourth. Uh, no, excuse me, second, third, or second, and third, at worst, or second, and third. And Carolina can be as worst as the fourth seed and as, as the best as the uh, first seed. So it's amazing. We're in the final week of the season, and we have so many different playoff matchups that we could possibly have. Jacksonville at Albany, Carolina, Columbus round three. Uh, we can have Carol, uh, Albany, Carolina round four in the first round. It's so many different popular um, – I mean, Carolina and Albany, excuse me, not Carolina and Carolina, they can't play each other. Um, <laughs> but so many unique possibilities. Um, remember, stick with us. We'll have the updated bracket, uh, final bracket of the postseason bracket when everything goes final on Saturday uh, with the NAL into, into the postseason. And just full warning to all you fans out there, playoff week, the first round of playoffs do happen next week. Then we're off a week. Then we have the championship game. We have a bye week between the first round and the championship game. So don't be alarmed when there's no football in three weeks. Or where's the football at? Well, it's because it's the bye week. So this gives the chance for the host team for the NAL championship to get everything situated. So with That's that, let, let's let's get to um, – actually, let's let's get to who we're going to have as our guest on this week's uh, Turf Talk to on tomorrow on Inside the Walls. Uh, let's go back to uh, – Carolina again, where we had a very unique situation. We had the the king versus the goat um, in the NAL, which was considered a lot of people who the king versus the goat. Well, the king is Mason Espinosa because he is the Lions quarterback, and the goat is Tommy Grady. Uh, that was a, a surprise signing that came in before last week. Two teams, two different attitudes. Um, Jason Gibson and the Columbus Lions. I don't know what they were eating. In the first half, they ate their Wheaties. They must have had some protein shakes, some surge, whatever, or some good Bojangles chicken in North Carolina, um, not a sponsor. And they just basically, they whipped up on Carolina in that first half. Um, yeah. Brady did not look good, and Grady went out with an injury. Um, that offense of Carolina did not look good at all. Then in halftime, Malik Henry comes in after halftime. And Carolina shuts down Columbus the whole entire second half until the very last possession uh, for Car uh, Columbus, which Columbus went down, scored. And then uh, the Oscar goes to Mason Espinoza for the uh, uh, hit on the wall. Mm -hmm. um, that's still one of my favorite clips of that game. But overall, Columbus wins that game, guarantees them at least a top, th top three spot. They're not, they can't be even worse as four. Um, so basically – for them, it keeps them in the contention of hosting a home game. Um, but overall, uh, two tails and two halves of this game. And the injury status on Grady, 
we don't know. We have contacts. We have literally the source himself. Um, we don't know. We don't have any information about Grady, but we do know that Malik Henry uh, and the Carolina Cobras, I think Malik Henry fits in that system perfectly fine. And basically what I've seen in that second half, they just ran out of time. And Columbus did not look good in the second half. They looked great in the first half. Second half, they must have ate that bad cheesecake or pound cake at halftime, and it slowed them down in the second half because Carolina came back with a vengeance in the second half. Um, and it actually took the lead at one point at the very end. That I thought was the dagger, um, but then Mason led the team back down. So incredible game uh, for that. Uh, Carolina won the season series over uh, – excuse me, Columbus won the season series over the Carolina Cobras uh, with the win. One-point victory in uh, Greensboro. And also, shout-out to the fans of Greensboro. Good job supporting the team. Uh, that's what we like to see in Greensboro Coliseum. So um, we might see a round four between these two teams um, pre- maybe next week. It could very easily happen. But overall, um, I was impressed. Lee Henry looks a lot better. More, He's, he's getting more in the system. Um, but Mason, after having that sluggish debut last week, um, looked like Mason from last year against Carolina. Give her a good Caroline defense. And um, it's amazing. I just want to say this before you get into uh, this uh, conversation, Zach. I don't care what people says. say. You can have the one seed this year. doesn't matter because uh, the four seed team can win it all this year. All four of these teams in the playoffs are so – everyone's so evenly matched. There's parity in the playoffs. There's no one elite team. So no matter what happens in week 14, like I said a couple weeks ago, I want chaos in the year. Well, I got it because there's chaos happening everywhere each weekend. Um, we're ba- we're about to see that again. Um, so to the fans out there, no matter if you're a one seed or a two seed, three seed, it doesn't matter. We could possibly see a three and a four seed in the NAL championship game. That's right. how unique this season is. And the reason why I say that is look at this past week's game in San Antonio. Look at the past week's game in Greensboro. Look at the past week's game a couple weeks ago between uh, Carolina and Jacksonville, how it could just flip on a dime. Um, but, yeah. Um, Game game in Carolina was very intriguing, and um, like I said, like we said before, Zach, we cannot count out Jason Gibson and the Columbus Lions. And again, I forgot to say this. It has to be mentioned because I was told to say this. Um, Mason Espinosa has now officially became the all-time leading touchdown passing quarterback. He has the most touchdowns in the NAL. For a passing touch, for passing quarterback. So, congratulations for Mason. And also, for the fifth consecutive season, the Columbus Lions have made the playoffs. That's, yeah. So, they were the last team to clinch, basically, because of the percentage against Orlando, but they finally got it and they're in. So, um, so yeah, that, um, I, I'm in love, love with Columbus Lions. We're going to have Mason Espinosa on tomorrow. Uh, so, you're on inter- we're going to talk about a lot of that with the Columbus Lions, but this game was unique. Um, well, yeah, um, there's no issues in there's no issues in Carolina. I just think Columbus is just they're they're so even. It was just a flip of, a flip of the court, and this time it fell on Columbus. Well, I mean, think let's go through how this game, how this process went down. So, first off, you have Carolina who makes a splash in the free agency market right at the deadline and picks up. You know, you got Tommy Grady, you got Joe, you got Joe Hills, Mal- Malachi Jones wasn't in for this one. Um, so that's coming up here, but y- you know, they, they made a lot of splash. Um, the NAL community had quite a thing to say on it. You know, some, 
you had your section, especially it was like, oh my God, look at this. You know, this changes things for the the chaotic nature, the uh, you know, competitive nature, what I like to talk about on there. You had others talking about, you know, rah, 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 signing late. And hey, it's it's part of, it's part of the rule. You can do it, it's legal. Just just a heads up that that is a legal thing you can do. I, I know that and, uh, <laughs> I mean I know that some people want to talk say, about you got the fan base that thinks they're portrayal. So. Right. Well, I'm just saying my, my point yeah. on that is, is look at this game. Signings do not guarantee wins. That is what I will tell you. Um, clearly. And remember here, like Columbus, you know, they, they went out and got Mason back, you know, and credit, he was on the roster the entire time. So that one, they just, they, they activated him. He's there, but like Carolina, they did coach Rez did what he did last year. He loaded up. He thought he went, okay. I'm going, putting the chips in, and I'm going to see where it goes. Now, the credit, it's one game. They lost by one. Um, the status on Tommy Gray, like you said, is what really intrigues me. We'll talk more on that later this week uh, going into week 14 because I'll admit, even before injury, he did get, he was a little rusty. Um, I will say that he was getting pressured a little more often, and that actually is what led to him getting knocked out with what appeared to be like a leg knee injury. At the time, he got knocked out twice during that game. Actually, led to a bit of a substitution error with the Iron Man because they went, they went Grady. He was brought off. Henry comes in. Which remember, if someone starts on the sideline and is coming in and then is brought out, they're dead. So Grady though could return again. Injury. He comes out. He's dead. And so the end of that half, they have to go with Adam Smith, who is generally a receiver. Throws actually a dime, by the way in the corner for his first pass in coming in for Tommy Grady. But like they had to deal with that for half before Malik comes back and then, you know, helps guide them to what was looking like possibly a win. I mean, Columbus scored one touchdown in the third quarter. And then for the majority of the second half, it was Carolina locking down on defense and making a comeback run. I mean, as you and I know, Jim, Malik Henry is a very, is very boomer bust. Um, He was on a run there going in going in and honestly i'll tell you mason espinoza it's hard to keep him down for for long it's hard to keep that roster down for long when he's in um and sure enough you know as they're as the lions get their final drive would end up being the uh deciding factor in this one they get one off sides and sure enough uh open free play touchdown and then uh columbus locks down on defense rest is history uh, but the status for Grady is what I'm wondering about. Um, I will say if Malik, if it is Malik moving forward, um, having Malachi Jones coming in when that when that is supposed to happen, um, we'll see how that helps out. You know, Joe Hills was like a focus this game, getting him set and ready to go. So I think he'll be fine for sure next week moving into the playoffs. Um, I mean, he was he was making plays too, but I'm just saying like he'll be more. I think less rusty more i'm in season mode at this point so yeah a lot of stuff coming here i think carolina you know if you're coach rez you just go with you roll with the punches you have the assets for malik it's the question is like it's been all season with malik does he come and have his full a game and do and is he able to execute what he can do best so we'll find out um if that is the case but Carolina, you know, that is an unfortunate loss because now 
instead of having a little bit more of the control on the number one seed, now it's kind of up in the air for them. And honestly, seeding for them is completely up in the air for them, especially since they have the Sharks to take on, which in their last matchup with Malik Henry starting under center for the Cobras, if that's the case, that was ugly. Not saying it'll happen again. That was an ugly next matchup. So some implications there. Columbus has got to be happy they got this win, though, because that that leaves their destiny, their destiny of possibly getting a uh, home playoff game completely in their hands now. And they get to go against Orlando, who it seems has uh, unfor- it seems has to appear to be uh, a little bit on the downswing, as we've been saying all the rest the, for the back half of the season. As uh, speaking of Orlando, uh, they went up to the Albany Empire this past week mm-hmm. um, to take on a Albany team that's close. Just both teams came off a of bye week. Albany made a few additions. Orlando wasn't that very active on the final week of free agency in the NAL. Um, and I'm just going to say that it looked like Orlando accepted their fate. They they were already eliminated from the postseason, um, and they were just going through the motions. They were going blow by blow with the Albany Empire in the first half, uh, but it looked like they just ran out of time. They basically just ran out of fuel. Um, Albany clearly had a better roster. Um, Castronova was playing pretty on a high level um, this, against the uh, uh, Predators. And and it looked like Parsons uh, for Orlando uh, was very inaccurate at times, missed a lot of open receivers uh, at pivotal times in the game. And Orlando, and excuse me, Albany capitalized when they had a chance um, in this game. And overall, you look at Albany, they put themselves in a position to host home field. Um, and for the Albany fans out there, tickets are on sale for your playoff games, by the way. There's also a, uh, a football give back package that they're doing. Uh, you give your football back to them and get two tickets. So uh, they're trying to find a way to pack that game for the uh, two games. Uh, possibly two games, uh, but at least guaranteed one game. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, that you look at this game, uh, Darius Prince was being Darius Prince himself again. No shock. Uh, but the thing that really got me is that you can tell how pivotal the game is with Brandon Cisse and Nick Hager in the roster. Yes. When they're playing, fan, uh, Altman is a completely different team. Uh, and when they're suspended, they're very vulnerable. Um, but the defense did kind of uh, step up. Uh, you know you're playing very well when you have uh, your backup quarterback come in and play the last six minutes of the game, which was Warren Smith, and he's literally a pretty damn good quarterback. So it's you're not going to you know lose any type of uh, advantage. Uh, he can still carry the team as well. Um, but overall, it's it's unique, but it's, it's an interesting uh, concept that Albany now knows they control their own fate. And they had to beat Orlando to get the opportunity to secure the number one overall seed. But they're going to take on a very hot, very explosive San Antonio team, who I think is the best team in the league right now because of how good they've been playing football over the last couple of weeks. Um, But sometimes um, in the arena game, uh, you have to have experience in playoff-type situations when when his time is getting a clutch, which is where saying where Albany is right now, where Carolina is right now, where Jacksonville is right now is can you get that pivotal win and put you in position to host a playoff game 
or have a chance to host the championship game because home field advantage is crucial in the postseason. Uh, doesn't matter if uh, you're a fan at home that watches on YouTube. It doesn't matter if you're driving your car and listening on the radio or if you're a fan that's at the arena. Um, you don't understand how pivotal it is for home field advantage in the arena game. And what we saw in Albany this past week, their fans were energetic. Orlando, um, they were in the motions in the second half and just went through and Albany got the dub. And that's what you expect. You get the opportunity to play at least one game in front of your fan base. So overall, the whole how this game played out is um, deuces galore. Um, I think both teams had two deuces, which is nice to see um, in Albany. Um, but overall, I just felt like this game, I don't want to bash Orlando. I don't want to come off as like that. But I think that at halftime, there was something that Orlando was like, yeah, we're, we're, we're done. We're, we're six quarters away and our season's over, so why not? Um, I don't just, know about you know, that. that I, back of the I, bus and stuff. But, it just, but Albany just took care of business and just blew the game open and secured their uh, home, at least one home playoff game. But I, I, I just felt like Orlando was just done at halftime. I think they just conceded. But that's just me as an option uh, watching from afar. Yeah, I won't fully go there. Um, my thing with Orlando, it, it, I saw when I watching this contest, it's the same thing we've talked all season, and it's Orlando doesn't know how to, it, it seems, doesn't know how to play for the most part two full halves. Because um, I'll be honest, I mean, they like they went toe for toe with Albany. I mean, it was 41 40 at halftime. Like it was pretty high scoring half. Like Orlando, Orlando went punch for punch with Albany for a half. But once they got to the second half, once Albany got control of the possession battle, it flipped and really Albany's defense just took hold. They, they played just great red zone defense. Like a lot of the reason why Orlando didn't keep up in the second half is that they just had several fourth and four and out drives come like they, they would stop it like this within the 10 twice during the second half and have drives flip um or turnovers you know affect them as well uh it, but it, to me it was more just like the usual second half issues that they've been or or just half in general they do they don't know how to play two consistent halves right now is my thing and i think that matt parsons you know he's been he has been able to run the ship but I think with a short turn of getting him in after ever team Cato being let go and just how the season has gone to where now playoff hopes went from fringe to now completely gone. It's just kind of, you know, I'm not going pack in. I'm saying it's more that this is a team that's trying to evaluate how it, who it is and what its staff is for next year. Um, and as well as, you know, what they want to do moving forward. You know, remember this is Jeff Higgins's first year full-time head coach. He was on the staff last year uh, under Ben Bennett, but this is his first time getting this under his wings. And I think that, you know, him and that group in Orlando, they're going to go back to the drawing board and come back with a better product. And again, they have a fan base that is growing. So you want to do that. Obviously you're, you are, they ended the season, you know, with an 8,000, attendance crowd you want you're going to want to build on that so i don't think it was packing in i think it's just the usual plaguing that they have had in terms of they can't finish games they can't play 
full four quarters. They only usually get you know, two quarters, it seems. And then it seems like the rails, the wheels just fall off the wagon at some point. So, you know, Orlando, I, I, I mean, I really think that it's hit the reset button hard next year and just figure out what you want to do again with your roster. Um, I know there's guys optimistic like Lonnie, Lonnie outlaw talking about he's gearing up and ready to come back next year to provide and bring a winning team to Orlando. But for them, it's more, you know, you got nothing to lose now. Let's try and finish on a hot note. Obviously Columbus wants to get the, their win next week, but like this one, it was going to be a tough task either way. I'll, I mean, I'll be honest, Jim, like Sam Castronova, every, I mean, he had that, he had that, somewhat rough stretch in that three game losing streak. But ever since Damon Ware has adjusted that offense, he has been on a ravaging tear, like pre three game losing streak, Sam Castronova, if not better. Um, that offense is back to being consistently scary again. And that is something, I mean, there's a reason why they're in the one seed right now. They, they, they made the adjustments necessary on that side of the ball defensively the signings they've made as well as what they're trying to do is now coming to life. And they are right now in the driver's seat of their own destiny thing is though. And this is how this segues into the next game. They have to take on the gunslingers who, yeah, they're missing the playoffs, but like they're still, it's any, they're in any given Sunday team that they can get a win from you, you know? And last time these two played, it was still a high flying, high scoring game. They had to, they had outrun San Antonio in San in San Antonio. This time they get to bring them to Albany, but that's no guarantee of a win right there. I mean, it showed it. I mean, they got revenge on the Sharks this past week. You sound like an expert about this. I mean, is that? I mean, is that? I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. This is me personally. I'm just. I'm just saying. You know. Uh, I, I just, I was, I, I look at that game against Orlando and I can see how Albany in that three game stretch, you know, Castronova not, you know, playing well. He did have, you know, Antoine Grant go out with an injury during that time. He had CSA and Nick Hag go out with suspensions and you had a lot of uncertainty in, in a roster that's, was just like going through a conveyor belt. It was like each week there was someone else. They've been very consistent now with the same guys over the last couple of weeks, and they're finding their edge, in my, in my opinion. And they, will they get the number one seed? Probably. Um, but does that guarantee them hosting a, a championship game? Probably not, because you still got to win that playoff game. But Sam Castronova has been a very positive and bright spot for the San Antonio, uh, for, for the Albany Empire. Um, over the last couple of weeks, and you can tell on the field. Uh, and of course, you had that week off to get prepared for Orlando. Now you're uh, and San Antonio team that's coming into town. Um, that's pretty lethal. They they lost to Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago by one point, and they've won a lot of good games and beat some good teams, including uh, the Albany Empire. So this is a, actually a grudge match. Uh, who wins the season series? Yes, Albany's are in the playoffs, but for the San Antonio fans right now, you win against Albany at the final week of the season, you have bragging rights over them. You won the season series against them. Um, that's, that'd be something, you know, to be proud about for an organization to move on to the 2023 season. And for Albany's sake, go out there, take care of business, secure that number one overall seed and let the chips fall as they may with all the other teams out there. 
Um, but overall, the final game that we got to get into is the the shootout in San Antonio um, between the uh, Gunslingers and the Jacksonville Sharks. Uh, first off, I want to get, again, tip my hat to the San Antonio uh, fan base. What a turnout. Uh, over 5,000 fans there. The production quality, the, entertain, uh, the production quality of the guys who cover the TV, the play-by-play, and the color analyst guys, um, they're absolutely incredible. Shout out to Ralph. He contacted me this past week to get information about the Sharks. Um, and also to uh, the fans who are out there to support the San Antonio Gunslingers. That's what we want to see. Uh, and, of course, sorry, we can't control who the MC is during the games. I do understand. There were some moments there that, you know, okay, I understand where people are getting at. Um, but still, night and day compared to what this team was just a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago uh, with uh, the transition to the ownership group of John Way. So, San Antonio, I'm really looking forward to you guys in 2023 especially the whole offseason to build your brand and build your team. I'm really excited about that. But speaking of the game, um, big-time game, big-time win for San Antonio. The stars shined for both teams, actually. Ar- Arville Nelson had some great, uh, a great outing. Uh, Naquan Murray had a great outing. Devin Wilson was having a good outing as well until what happened at the end of the game. But on the other side of things, Philip Barnett was being very physical for the San Antonio Gunslingers. Uh, Robert Kent was on the money. But a lot of plays, kept a lot of plays on, on line with his feet. And, of course, the guy who could not be covered last week was, I'm going to say Rakeem Cato, and that's not him, but Kali Rashad. Rakeem Cato is the former quarterback for Orange Prayers. Completely different team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kali Rashad was unguardable against Jacksonville. He was giving Jacksonville a problem. And, of course, you have two players like Naquan Murray and Kali Rashad, two explosive Dynamite X-Factor players. Um, gave both defenses trouble. Um, it was just a, it was strange how the game happened. Like Santone will get up by 14 and get some turnovers and Jackson will come back and tie. Then they take the lead and vice versa. This was a very classic arena football game. Uh, Santonio's had now back to back weeks of a tremendous intense football games. They had a great shootout against, uh, Columbus last week. Uh, what I thought was the best NAL game I have seen all season. And then this week with the 5,000 fans that did show up in force in San Antonio really tells me that the city is sold on this organization. I love it, uh, especially with the TV partners they have and ETV. That's a great operation. Oh, that's yes. happening in San Antonio oh, yes. and the John Wayne Company. Um, but overall in the game, um, I really, yeah, we're all going to point out what happened with Devin Wilson. Um, but overall, um, this was a really significant, true, hardcore arena football game had everything in it had decisive plays decisive deuces um the kicker of pearson or parson i think parsons is their kicker too in uh, san antonio he was hitting deuces like crazy as well and that was like we've stayed before on the show ladies and gentlemen deuces are weapons in the nao if you have a kicker that can hit deuces you can change the narrative of a game within a couple of possessions Ain't because you're adding different uh, different points and that hurt. That came back and by Jacksonville and they're and they're behind early in the game until Nick started hitting his as well. But overall, for San Antonio, great outing, great way to end this home slate uh, for the season, um, beating the Jacksonville Sharks, in which they lost by one point earlier, so they got their revenge. They split the season series uh, with uh, with the Jacksonville Sharks. They're, unfortunately, San Antonio's season comes to an end, but they can very well end the season at five and seven 
And if they do that, uh, from a guy who predicted San Antonio only winning two games this year, winning five and seven, my hat's off to you guys and your fan base and the organization. Um, let's just say there's a lot of people outside of the inside of the walls that thought you guys would not even win a game, and you basically shut them up quite fast with the four mm-hmm. wins you got so far this season. But overall, this game, uh, I just want as a fan tip my hat to San Antonio. Great performance, great way to come out and uh, put the pedal to the pedal. Like I've stated before on the show, you cannot, you're not going to stop Jacksonville. You're going to have to outscore them. Um, they outscore Jacksonville, but they also had some pivotal stops especially the big crucial turnover at the very end of the game that made that three-point lead become a 10-point comfortable lead and final win for the San Antonio Gunslingers uh, when Jacksonville was driving to take the lead at the end of the game, possibly trying to do a game-winning drive. But overall, uh, great game I, besides what happened at the end. Um, Jacksonville, go home and play Carolina, San Antonio, go up to Albany and be spoilers. Uh, really proud of that organization in San Antonio, um, the night and day. And I, I just want to say an incredible performance by them. Uh, but it's interesting that we're here in the final week of the season. And basically my four playoff teams are correct. Just hopefully the seats may fall as they may with my predictions. So I can rub it into someone's face. Um, but overall it's a, a unique situation for Jacksonville. Um, yeah. You got it. You got military appreciation night this week. Uh, get this game out of your mind and get ready for Carolina and go for the season series win over Carolina because it'd be pivotal uh, for a two seed or a four seed in the playoffs. So it's gonna be unique. This game was unique in my opinion. Um, if I ever, if I had to get an MVP this week in the NAL, it would be going to Cali Rashad. Uh, that guy was unstoppable, unguardable again in that game against Jacksonville. Um, when or San Antonio needed a big play, he was there. Um, and overall, I think you can say that Parsons or Pearson, the kicker for uh, San Antonio, can yeah, be the Drew, kicker of the uh, kicker of the week. Yeah, Drew, Drew Pearson. Pearson. Yeah, it's Drew Pearson who you're referencing there. I, I think he should be the special teams player of the week uh, with all the deuces he made against Jacksonville. So, um, yeah, San Antonio, you have gained, like I've said all season, make me eat crow. You did. Mm-hmm. You have gained a new fan, even though that I'm not a fan of you, because uh, per se. But um, I want to say thank you. Uh, you guys are an incredible organization, and I look forward to 2023. It sucks that you guys are eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, just if you would have won one or two of those close games earlier in the year against Columbus, possibly Jacksonville, we have enough for a different uh, talk right now. But overall, they're the hottest team in the league, and they have one more game to you know, stir some more chaos into the field at the top, but it was a great game. Again, San Antonio, great performance. You've earned a respect from a Jacksonville Shark fan. Welcome to the National Arena League. Um, again, I appreciate it. And Coach Saul, thank you for reaching out um, to uh, to me and to the people uh, who cover the NAL for you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, great. Again, San Antonio, looking forward to 23. Be spoilers next week uh, against Albany, but overall this game performance, um, I, I can't give him, I can't praise him anymore. Uh, they, they went toe to toe with Jacksonville and Jackson at the time was one of the hottest teams in the league. So overall that's off to you guys. So yeah, I'm done. Yeah, Take it away, Zach. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I was going to, let me just get in my, some, uh, points here. Um, for, first things first. I mean, if you're 
something that I thought that if you're Jacksonville, uh, if you're Sia Burley, I, I think you feel like you uh, let an opportunity slip away because really both both sides of these, San Antonio and Jacksonville, both gave away possessions in this one. Um, I mean, the Sharks came back from a two-possession deficit at one point and took the lead back. Um, you know, they had they were toe-to-toe. San Antonio then kind of, you know, got to have at least a little bit of a gap. Those uh, deuces helped out a lot. And then, like I said, this deciding factor of this game, and who I think would have been, who I think uh, is defense defensive player of the week for me is Justin Alexander. Um, I mean, dude was a menace, uh, and they this was something Gunslingers did a great job of against the Sharks, and something that if you're going to play the Sharks, this is your, it's the best way to shut down the Jacksonville Sharks is to get to Arvell Nelson, rile him up, and sack him or force him into a bad opportunity, and. You know, they got three sacks. They forced two fumbles on him. The one was the game winner that Philip Barnett took home. And, you know, they did get an interception as well that flipped the possession too. So, I mean, get, kudos to the Gunslingers defense for coming up with opportune moments at the right time. Uh, and I think Jacksonville, you know, they put themselves in a hole early. They did make, they did come back. They had, they had some solid defensive possessions as well and some opportune moments. But San Antonio, when the going got tough, and especially after last week, the week prior, where, you know, they also, I felt like the gunslingers let some opportunities slip by against Columbus. This time they finished and they finished strong. Um, Alexander, like I said, he, he played, he played a hell of a contest out there this past weekend. Dude gets a lot of praise. I think that pass rush was awesome. And yeah, Kelly Rashad, I mean, what else can you say? And Robert Kent, you know, who already has been an excellent quarterback, you know, coming in and keeps on, you know, keeps on, it seems getting a bit better each time you know even at even at the age that even at the age that he's at age is just a number remember that you know dude slinging the rock real nice um and then for the sharks like i said we already said what we said on devin wilson um for them i think it's just go back to the drawing board like you're talking jim reset you got carolina ahead of you focus on seating now that's the main thing get this win against the cobras figure out where you're going to be and if you happen to be hosting a game for some reason, well, then they're off you go, you know, that's the deal. But at this point, you know, I felt like they left. I mean, if you're the Sharks, you left some opportunities out there, but you don't have much time to lick your wounds. It's time to focus on getting through the Cobras and getting that season series under your belt. So um, hats off to Fred Shaw, too, like you're talking. Um, it's been a year for them that, that 5,000 attended crowd. Um, that was, that was incredible. Um, gunslingers fans have been coming out more and more in droves since John Wayne took over and you got to, the hats off to them for just how they've marketed this, this, the majority of the season, how they've gotten people out there, how they've built energy around it. Cause yeah, they're not going to the playoffs, but they're four and seven. They have a good roster and they have a fan base. I think that now knows this team exists and they're not going to forget. And I highly doubt John Wayne's just all of a sudden going to stop being the way they are this year. They're going to keep, that is a good team. They have built there already in terms of marketing and showing that the product is worth its time. So good on them. Uh, and they get one more chance when we talk on uh the final walkthrough this week to play spoiler. So, or at least spoil maybe seating issues. At least they get to do that. So, you know, if you're like, if you're the empire, 
and we'll talk it more on at length. Um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta come in with your A game. You know, this ain't a, this ain't no cakewalk coming in here. You gotta, you gotta be ready to get to fight for your, uh, fight for your right. Not well to party in Albany, at least. I know I played on that words. I'm okay with doing that though. Cause I like the beastie boys. So <laughs> gotta fight for it, man. Good game here. Oh, though, I was Good game to, in San Antonio. I was about Seriously. to say that. <laughs> I was about to say that. We got to fight for a right. For it. Yeah. Right. Dubbed. There we go. <laughs> you two just got us. But yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. Yeah. But I'll tell you, like Gunslingers, kudos to you, man. Um, the Sharks, I mean, here's the thing that's nice for them. Yeah, they, they, they had to lick their wounds in San Antonio. They got a little road trip there. They got to go out there. I know I saw Steve Shatola, you know, he's like, Hey, vacation <laughs> out there, the Alamo and all that. Um, but Hey, they get to come back. They get to host their final, at least what could be their final home game of the season in Jacksonville. And they get to have the control of their destiny in front of what should be, I would assume is close to, if not the largest crowd for Jacksonville this season. If I had to take a guess. I mean, the last Cobras home game, the game they played against Cobras was packed. I can only assume it's going to match, if not exceed that. So we'll talk more at length with that later this week on final walkthrough. But yeah, that, that, that's about all we got this week. Any uh, final words for our Wednesday rewind or I guess Wednesday-ish re- rewind here, Jim? Um, final words. Uh, technology sucks. It really does. <laughs> But sometimes old-fashioned phone calls don't. It's kind of weird. But, yeah, final words is uh, I think I'm getting punished from the chaos I wanted, and I'm getting the chaos I wanted. I'm going to be honest. This whole conversation we are having right now, it sounds like I'm doing a radio interview. All right. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. uh, I do – I do apologize to the fans out there and their supporters that have reached out, say you held down the fort. You held down the fort uh, when I didn't make it the other week. Um, but overall, we look at it to a, to a point where next week we are final week of the season. Um, so basically week 14 is the playoffs. So at least the, the start fans, of what could be something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, so chaos and more chaos. So um, I am Jim Renee. I'm reporting live from my uh, cell phone uh, because <laughs> internet and data rates do apply, and they suck right now. Uh, so I'm not going to – I think I already named the company earlier, but, again, I'm not going to uh, bash them. Uh, I just know that they're associated with Comcast, and I'm just not going to do uh, affiliate with them anymore. No, Verizon. It's Verizon. Our guys for script, not sponsored, but still. Um, no, Verizon's not associated with Comcast, are they? No, that's BIOS. There's so many. Anyways, anyway, I'm, Jim's gone on the rant. So, Zach, close out the show before we extend this to an hour and a half podcast. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, guys, be sure to follow us on our social media at InWallsPod. Again, that at InWallsPod for your coverage of the National Arena League through our own channels. Also, be sure to subscribe to this channel, by the way. Uh, hit the uh, hit the bell builds morale, as we say around here. And from, you know, borrowing that from my, one of my other shows I do uh, that that got started over there. Um, otherwise, guys, uh, keep up with us for more news on the league. 
uh, exciting times are ahead because playoff season is about to start after week 14. We're going to have, of course, Mason Espinosa on this week. So we'll get to talk a little bit more about that uh, matchup against Carolina this past weekend in week 13. We'll talk about his thoughts on that, his thoughts on coming back into the league for the playoff push and more. And then, of course, we got your final walkthrough coming up here. And then uh, playoffs are they're right there. You know, the St. Jim Mora yelling at, in a press conference. It's it's about to be around the corner. So stick around with us until next time, folks. I'm Zach Kyleman. This is Jim Mernier on the other on the other side of the screen signing off. And uh, well, remember one thing, as we like to say on this show before we go. You can always watch every NL game on YouTube. You don't have to be in attendance. But remember. Don't be a jack out of the box. That's how I like to hear it. Even on the phone, Jim delivers. Until next time, everybody, we'll catch you here uh, with your next two episodes coming up on Friday. Stay tuned till then. See you then. <laughs>